Hello. Oh. Hello. How are we doing Good, tonight? my friend. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm just getting ready to step outside. Fantastic. Uh, pardon me. So have you done like a pre-warning about there being swearing tonight or? <laughs> I have not. I uh, did. I was trying to outside um, do my whole intro before we got started and it didn't work. It all crapped out on me. Um, so we're going to do that right now, I guess. That'll work. Um, I might cut out. But I might be able to edit. Hang on a second. Let me find out. Let's see if I'm still going to be in range for a second here. Oh. Oh. Are you still there? Oh. We're going to have to figure out some sort of call recorder. Yeah, yeah, still here. We have to figure some out. Uh, hang on just a second. I might lose you. You still there? I am still here. That's great. <laughs> you cut out on me there for a sec, but you're back now. Oh, yeah. There we go. All right, I'm officially back. All right, you good? Good. All right. Can you hear me good? We'll make I can hear you pretty good so far, yeah. Yes, beautiful. Perfect. Happy Tuesday. It's July 31st, 2018 in America. Talking at you as always from beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where I honestly believe there is not a jury of my peers that will find me criminally responsible for what I do to the next person who stops me to tell me it's hot outside. That, hey, I'll tell you later. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, Tuesday, the last day of the month, the beginning of a new week. And yes, it's hot as balls. Um, we actually set a record in British Columbia this month for the most places in the province to hit 40 degrees Celsius in one day. Oh, congratulations. Uh, for my American Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, remember when when uh, Al Gore made that movie and everyone made fun of him for being wrong? <laughs> you guys all owe him a big apology. <laughs> and that's after, that's after that other big apology you still owe him. Um, he was supposed to be the president, you idiots. Uh, for, for my American friends, by the way, that's about 105 degrees in your crazy speak. Um, but anyway, you do that conversion, it's uh, too damn hot. Uh, like, we're melting. It's like, uh, what, 15 plus degrees, almost 20 degrees higher than normal? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and it's starting to affect people in a big, big way. And now, the, first of all, is it just me or is it the same people who are bitching that it was cold two months ago that are bitching that it's hot now? Oh, you can't just bitch all the time about the weather. Dude, you got to come to Ontario. That's what it's like every day. Oh, it's too hot. And it's, getting, oh, it's too it's, cold. Oh, it's raining too much. It's not raining enough. Oh. And it is really beginning to affect people. I saw a guy last night as I was on my way home. He dropped, His cigarettes fell out of his pocket. 
And a very nice gentleman behind him picked him up, went and tapped the guy on the shoulder, and the dude just turned and swung. (laughs) 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 Guy trying to do his good deed for the day, and he just takes one in the middle. It was hilarious. Oh, that is spectacular. No apology, no, no remorse for what he did. That's just how people react in this weather. Wow. Just slugs him for giving him a smoke back. That guy wins my uh, asshole for the hashtag easiest thing in the world competition for this week. I'm calling him out. I know him as L.A., which is his street name. Um, oh, God. And, you know, what if it was a little lady standing behind him? You know, he just turned and swung. He didn't even think twice. Uh, you win, L.A. Wow. You win my asshole of the week. Unlike uh, our friend... Um, I believe it was Pete McKenna? No, sorry, Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna, who wins the, the award for the week for being fantastic. Paul, I hope you and your wife decided to listen and welcome to the show, and thanks for being you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the heat's really getting everybody. Well, get everybody calm down. Stop taking everything so seriously. It's not that bad. Uh, it's, it's just heat. Get stoke yourself down and have a cool drink and quit whining. Because in a couple of months it's going to be cold again. You're going to be bitching about that. Save it for that. Exactly. Enjoy the heat while you have it. Um, and that's coming from the ginger, by the way. And I hate the heat. <laughs> exactly. Really quickly, have to mention my friend Clay and his YouTube site, uh, his YouTube channel, Claymore Games. Uh, if you're looking for interactive gameplay, game reviews, uh, live streaming videos, this guy's fun, he's funny, he's informative. It's just YouTube slash Claymore Games. Uh, specializes in PS4, but uh, more than happy to review or discuss any games you want. That's uh, Claymore Games. Uh, cool. YouTube slash Claymore Games. Uh, very cool guy. Um, nice. Just a quick little plug for him. I was hoping to have a song prepared for the episode, uh, but I didn't get around to it. I might be able to play a segment of it. It's a really great song. You're going to love it. It's called Isn't She Lovely? And I did forget to mention off the top of the show, now that I'm done with my weather thing, uh, before we get into it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, due to current uh, weather conditions and circumstances on this uh, final day of the month of July, we have decided that this, unfortunately, is going to be a R-rated episode of Is It Just Me? I, um, I will try to limit the language as much as I can, but I promised Gord once a month, and he requested this be his once a month. And I can't say no. It's contractual. I have to. So um, <laughs> if you are going to be offended, I'll tell you what. If it's really going to upset you that we're going to swear, you can send me an email to it's not just me six at gmail.com and I will do an edited version and put it on whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, so send me that email. It's not just me six and ask me for an edited episode and I will do that for you. Uh, everybody else, you're getting some swearing tonight. Good evening, Gord. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fucking great, man. How you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm. It's been an interesting day. I can't yeah. Oh. Just interesting. Not exciting, not bad, not good, just interesting. Just, uh, very, I, I said this the other night that it uh, seems like there's a calm before a storm. It, it genuinely feels like there's a storm of ruin. Um, 
Ooh. people are tense, but not crazy. It's like there's just this tension building, like something really bad is coming. I hope I'm wrong, but my intuition is usually pretty good about these things, so that sucks. I also <laughs> have a job interview at 4 a.m. Oh, who the hell does an interview at 4 a.m.? I don't know if I should name them on the podcast, but they're a large, they're a large uh, parcel shipping company. Um, and their name rhymes with Dreadmax. <laughs> and they're not pure. Oh, Campar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not Campar or, or UPS. They're another one. They're in that Tom Hanks movie with a plane crash. Uh, he worked that one. <laughs> that one. Did a movie about that, didn't they? They did. They did. And yeah, I'm, I applied for a graveyard shift, at which I, you know, silly me, I didn't think my name is Dad. I didn't think it would be a graveyard interview, but that's what they do. So, uh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Um, well, that's, I hope you get it. I guess. Well, thank you. It's a part-time job. Uh, it's only twenty hours a week maximum. Uh, you, you, there's a, okay, so it's then. You, you start at 2 a.m. and you finish when you're done. You know, it could be 3 a.m., it could be 7 a.m., you don't know. And when you're done sorting the packages, you go home. Oh, okay. So, basically, the gist of it is, in my current housing situation, they want to see forward progress, which means they want me to have a job by the end of the week. Take whatever they throw at me, just to keep my home. So, well, that's definitely a good plan so to have. I have some other interviews. I'm not worried. Um, so how did you want to do this? Did you want me to... I know you've got... You're itching to get to something. Did you want to do that right away? Or do you want me to go through what I've got for us tonight first? Um, we can start with what, what you got first. Mine's... Um, uh, did you read my Facebook post, I by the way? I don't believe I did. No, I'm sorry. I did a large rant the other day about this very thing, and my rant isn't necessarily just about. I may have. I may have. I'm just. Okay. So, so here's the backstory. Um, so I work at a grocery store, and uh, I, I work at the produce department, as discussed before, and. Um, we have this big sale on, on Ontario corn. It is a ridiculous sale. Let me interrupt you for one second, Gord. Uh, yes, I did this sure. post. I'm sorry I forgot. I wanted to say my mother really enjoyed uh, learning about melons the other night. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, the, sound quality wasn't, the sound quality wasn't good for her, but uh, she enjoyed the, uh, the education. So thank you for your, for your melon-cation. <laughs> no problem. Glad, um, glad uh, other people got to enjoy it. That was fun. I apologize for the interruption. Carry on, mom. I'm sorry for the language you're about to hear. <laughs> yeah, problem. sorry, mom. Um, so basically, what had happened was, was I said, we're having this giant sale of corn, uh, Ontario corn, and it is a ridiculous sale. It is twelve cobs of corn for a dollar eighty-eight. That's pretty ridiculous. That was a very great sale. Um, so with, when you have a sale like this, people tend to lose their fucking minds completely. 
it got so bad. Like, I mean, no, first of all, when I'm replacing these bags of corn to bring them out to replace it to people who grab, because they will hustle here on the spot and they make a goddamn mess all over the place. That I can handle. Not a big deal. People are pigs. So what? I can deal with it. You're working at a grocery store. People leave their crap all over the place. This in particular is really troublesome because I'm replacing these bags usually around every, like on busy days, I'm replacing them around every half an hour. Three bags, 60 pounds a piece. I got to lug it from the back, throw it on a cart, bring it out, and then lift it up, throw it on the table, cut it open, lift them up a third time, and then dump all the corn out and then quickly organize it and then do that three times over. Sure. Well, actually, not just stand like right beside you, but the second you're, you get the... Like, so what happens is I'll, come up and I'll, I'll clean the area up first. I'll get rid of all the, the, other, the garbage stock and all that stuff. I'll throw it in the basket when people But these idiots will actually stand in your way as you're trying to lift it. And the second, like I said, I got three bags. And I will tell the people, I have three bags. I will get these bags out. Once I get the third bag open, then you guys can jump in and grab all the corn you want. And then we'll step back for like a second. The second I get the first bag down and I tear it and I get my knife and I tear it open, these idiots are reaching their fucking hands in and trying to pull the corn out of the bag. I have an open knife in my hand. And they're reaching in trying to grab these bags. And these You're you're cutting you're cutting in and out. Are you moving one way or another? No, I'm standing one spot for the most oh, part. Strange. You're coming in and out a little bit. Anyway, I'm sorry, continue. These people, oh my God, this is nerve-wracking. It reminds me of a couple of years ago when we ran out of ice salt here in Vancouver because the city didn't order any because it never snows here. And then we got a dreadful amount of snow and the city put out two big piles of road salt and just a sign, please take one bucket only. Yeah, and people, people were up trucks. And fish fighting over the, you know, people turn into animals when something is cheap or free. Uh, we will eat our young to get to it. It's insane. I'm seeing, these are, the thing is, is these are not, like, just young people. For the most part, it's not young people at all. Mainly, it's all old yes. people. And should it, is it fair to say a good portion of them were of uh, Asian descent? No, it is a fair statement to say that the bulk of them are white. Wow. The high grossing number of them are white. I am quite interested. Huh. Interesting. In one round, in one round, when I'm throwing the bags of cork, I got my elbow cut by somebody's nail reaching in to, to grab a piece. A woman grabbed my ass. They're only this, which is insane on its own accord. But these people are pushing me out of the way. And I still have two more bags. I've only put one bag up. i got two more bags. They're yelling at me because there's no corn out. And I'm still trying to replace all the corn. And they're getting in the fucking way trying to me to do it. Yeah. And the other thing, this is what's really pissing me off the most. They're going through each and every cob. They're ripping each one open. And if there's the slightest imperfection on the cob, they're throwing it off to the side or chucking in the yes, garbage. Yes, of course. Looking for perfection when you're getting a dozen for a buck eighty-eight. So this is why my uh, my, although extreme success is very short-lived in retail, 
because when you tell me to hurry up, I slow down about three gears every time you tell me to hurry up. Yeah, which, I mean, to an extent, I can understand that because I can be the, I can be the, everybody can be that way. But like today, as a perfect example, there is a lady comes up to me, she says, excuse me, is there any more corn in the back as we're almost out? I look over, sure enough, there's like literally like maybe like eight cobs of corn left. I'm like, yep. So I clean everything up. I come out with the three. There's six people standing around waiting. And I turned over the, every one of them. There's this one lady standing directly in front of where I got to put the corn. And she knows where I'm putting it because it's the only spot where I can come. And she stands there right in front. And I just look at her and I go, I have to get this spot. She takes a half a step to the right. Nowhere near enough room for me to do what I have to do. And I look at her and I said, okay, everybody, I need everybody to take, and I'm staring directly at her. And I said, I need everybody to take two steps back. I'm going to have a knife in my hand. I need you to get away from me because I cannot be held responsible if I've got my knife open and you reach in and you cut yourself open on my knife. Hey, ladies, um, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in in a minute. So I say this, and this fucking bitch doesn't even move. She stands in her spot and just stares at me. That's my way of I throw the bag on the cart or on the fucking table. I cut it open. I start dumping it, and remember, I've already told them. Wait until I get the third bag on before you reach in, because I'm I'm constantly moving around in here, and I got an open knife. This stupid bitch before I've even gotten the bag fully ripped open is already reaching and pulling knives out or pulling cards of corn out. My knife is in my hand with the blade out. And she's already reaching in. And I'm just, I can't believe the fucking ignorance and the stupidity of these people. And, you and this, is this is the equivalent of West Vancouver. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing West Vanners act like this because they're too pretentious and arrogant to get that close to another individual. No, but the standing there and the moving half step. Hey, hey middle-aged ladies, here's the thing. We know what you're doing. You're not being clever when you pull that shit. Again, every middle-aged woman does this kind of shit. We get, it's the equivalent of holding the, when little kids hold their fingers and you shut their faces and go, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. It's, it's, the, same, it's the same goddamn thing. And you all do it and stop it. You're not being clever. You're not winning anything by being bitches. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, uh, y'all do it, and it's stupid and childish. And quit being stupid children, just because women use this excuse. I swear to God, because of the heightened testosterone that comes along with menopausal changes, they equate themselves to teenage boys, and they use that as an excuse. It's the heightened testosterone puts them on a level playing field with with teenage boys, so they can be bitches. Uh, they, they, that's a legitimate. Ex- no, it's not an excuse. You're a grown ass woman. Stop being You know better. You've raised children. You've been in life. You know better. You don't act like this in public. You wouldn't do this if this was your own child that was doing this. You would not put your hand that close to a knife in front of your child doing all this. You wouldn't do it. Don't do it to a stranger. It's just <sighs> So here's where the really thing that pisses me off happened. So this has gone on for days, and it's just every day, like, again, I actually have been enjoying my job. As it stands right now, I absolutely fucking hate my job. I went into work today, three days off. I went into my job so fucking angry because I knew I had to deal with corn for another, another two days. I want to just point out real quick before you get to your last point. People, 
when you're dealing with a customer service representative, I don't care where it is or what store you're in, this is their life. This is their, you know, you can ruin someone's life by the way you treat them in their position. How do you yes. think of this? What if someone came to your work? You know, I'm not going to use the stupid cliches or, you know, jokes or whatever. Seriously, if I come to your office and treat you like shit for two hours, are you going to want to go to work after that? Of course not. Think about that. This is people's lives you're fucking with. Yes. The customer is always right. That is the biggest stupid statement I've ever heard in my life. The customer is always right. No, 95% of the time you're fucking wrong. And you're a fucking child for thinking so. Oh, it's infuriating. I, I, I put my post on Facebook. And I mean, I do rants all the, like every once in a while on Facebook. And a lot of the time, there's a lot of comedic value to what I'm saying. And I make a lot of big funny jokes. This particular there was nothing funny about it. I'm sorry. I was angry. I, I stated it in the thing about how this is my own mental health, about how it's actually depressing me. I, I love people. I love being out in public. I love doing customer service. This is making me re-question the entire future of my life. You know what I would do, Gord, if I were in your position right now? First of all, I would go directly to uh, your equivalent of what we call WorkSafe BC. I'm sure it's still the WCD or something in Ontario. Um, and and file for uh, for you know a workplace bullying claim, and uh, make it public. Make it as public as you can. Shame the public for what they've done to you. That's not a bad idea, and I might even consider it. Considering what it's done to me mentally, because I am blown away. I mean, I've been doing retail now for my what sixth year or so of doing retail, and up until this point, for the most part, aside from the occasional shitty person. I love what I've done. I love the people I've dealt with. Even the bad ones, I can handle it. It's never put me in a seriously and bad I'm not mood. I'm shy about our personal relationship. I'm more than happy to uh, tell the listeners that we're friends, have been friends for a lot of years now, and I know that to be true of Gord. He's not saying that for your sake. That's, um, he's a fantastic in retail, and you can tell he genuinely enjoys it. So I just want to throw that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I put my I put my rant on Facebook, and I'm literally finished off. Like just if you know, just talk. To, and I even said, talk to your friends, talk to your family, let them know that when they walk into or any sort of a retail store, especially a grocery store, when you're going and you're dealing with food and everything else, don't fucking talk down to us. Don't treat us like you know this job better than we do. We do this for a living. We get paid to do this. You fucking walk in and buy shit. That's as far as your knowledge goes. You don't know how the setup goes. You don't know how product works. You don't know how everything works as a day-to-day sale. Everybody, to say that you know my job better than I do because you don't. I do this job circles around your fucking ass every week. And if I can get names in workplaces, I will. I have nothing better to do. I will come to your workplace and do it to you, no matter where you work. I will come and be the expert at your job until you look like an idiot in front of your friends, coworkers, and whoever else I can embarrass you in front of. I promise you that. I am very skilled at doing that for the record. So they might not want to fuck with me on this, on this one. So I put my post on Facebook. And again, I was very angry this morning. And I felt kind of good. At least I got it off my chest. I'm looking forward to getting some support from my friends on Facebook. 
I wake up this morning and it's literally 70% of the people were cracking fucking jokes. Yeah. The 30% that didn't are only the people that who actually work in retail. So when I'm actually looking at these replies, I'm thinking, okay, works retail, works retail, works retail, works retail. All the rest of them don't. All the rest of them work in some sort of an office job. Which goes to show one very specific point. If you don't work in retail, if you've never worked in retail, when somebody in retail complains about their job, shut your fucking mouth. You don't have any right to crack a fucking joke because it proves that you're part of a fucking problem. Servers, people in the food service industry have the exact same right to complain about the way they're treated. Um, They might get it. But they get tips, too, and uh, you're not even allowed to take them in most retail jobs. No, no, that's very true. I actually, but it's just, I, I was so disappointed. I, I understand. I fully, I feel your pain. I do. I've been in it. I, I worked in retail. I couldn't believe My own friend. Well, you see, that's the, the, the eternal curse of being the funny guy. Uh, you can't ever be serious. People won't allow you to be serious. I've been the funny guy since kindergarten. I, I know. Um, and every year after year after year, I've been the funny guy. And when you say something serious, people think you're being funny. Um, you never get a chance to be the serious guy. And it sucks. It's what drives the Robin Williams of the world to uh, try so hard to cut their wrists when they can't, they hang themselves. Um, it's, it literally will make you insane. It happens to the funniest and best people in the world because no one will take them seriously when they want when they need it. Especially your friends, which sucks. Um, but it, it's kind of a self-created monster, too. Uh, and it's, it's, you're always walking a fine line between, uh, because if you try to be serious, then you lose your prestigious funny guy position. Uh, you can't be both. And it sucks. It's a weird situation that most people don't understand. Most people don't understand that most funny guys are at heart pretty fucking miserable. Uh, that's what makes them funny. Um, yeah, exactly. They're able to look at life from a very skewed point of view, which makes us have a skewed way of seeing things, which makes it humorous I to other people. Comedy for four years seriously uh, took a stab at it for four consecutive years, doing three four show shows a night. And uh, everybody I met, I met people of all calibers, uh, uh, you know, from from Dane Cook to uh, Mike McDonald. Um, you name them, I met them or did shows with them. And uh, probably 70% of them are completely miserable bastards. <laughs> Just the biggest pricks yeah. you've ever met, but the funniest people on the planet. And I got it because I'm one of them. Um, but if you don't get it, um, don't make jokes at these people's expenses. These are the ones who are walking into work every day with a shotgun and a mood ring, kids. Uh, you know, that's the funny thing. I've worked a lot of jobs in my life, and the funniest thing about that statement is that it totally 80% of the jobs I've worked at, I can't tell you how many times I've had other staff that have come up to me after working with me for a while that have actually I gotta make sure you stay on your good side. Why? Well, because you're that guy that's gonna come in with a gun one day. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
the thing is, normally, well, I should say, every other circumstance in my life is management that has pushed me to that point. Like, policies that shouldn't exist, but they drop your ass for stuff that shouldn't be dropped down on, things like that. And it's always eaten away at me. But I've always persevered and I've gone through it. I've never felt so, I don't even know what the word is, despondent. I don't even know. Yeah. Not only that the people, grown adults, act like this, but knowing that my own friends, the people that I grew up with, they don't even get it. Yeah. And it, 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 it pushed me for a fucking whirlwind of anger. And I, all day today, I'm in this pissy mood, and every all the staff are coming up to me, man, are you all right? No. I'm not all right. I'm pissed. I fucking hate my job right now. And the worst thing is, I love my boss. My boss is a friend. He's actually a friend of mine. And I love the job. Like, the job. I, I got that. It's just if I can uh, relate a little bit. I My, my chosen line of work, uh, everyone, it's no secret. I haven't been back to work since uh, April. I love that line of work. I, I have a massive sense of pride going to that line of work. And the people I worked with for the last two years ruin that for me to the point where I don't want to go back to that line of work. Um, I've had job offers and I can't accept them. I've seriously considered them. And I, I, they ruined it for me. They ruined my, something I love, something I felt good every day going to. I felt proud at the end of the day leaving and saying, hey, look, I built that. I did that. This is, this building is standing because of me. I, I took an immense amount of pride in that. And these people broke me down to the point where I don't want to do it anymore. It's the shittiest feeling to hate something you love that much. It's yeah, absolutely. I don't even. Yeah, like I just, I'm. I hear about it all the time. Like I've heard people in retail say it, and I always thought it's it's not gonna happen to me because I'm too good at having people see my perspective so that they don't fuck with me in a bad way. Yeah. Fucking grocery stores. Savages. They have no moral ethic whatsoever. They have there's no standing them to sit back and say what I'm doing is wrong. I have only had in the week that I've been dealing with this bullshit corn issue, I've had two customers. And I can't tell you how many I've been dealing with because I it's just, that's just disgusting. Now I will say Believe it or not, absolutely, totally shocking. Not one single fatality oh, last night. That's a weird one. We're all saved. Um, so I guess something going on in the system is working. Now, I still consider it a flawed system. I don't think handing drug users the uh, antidote and saying deal with it yourself is the right way to go. Uh, but clearly, it's well, it's effective in, I right think now. it was, I think Portugal. I think that was a country where they um, they legalized every drug, all of them. Uh, everything, ev- pretty much every bad thing that they say, this is why drugs are legal. All of those things have dropped. Crime has dropped. Overdoses dropped. Um, it was just it was a, it was a, the opioid addiction dropped. HIV has dropped. Um, hepatitis dropped. Every single thing dropped. Because they're not treating it like it's a substance problem when addiction is a mental problem, not a substance problem. 
and it is now very seriously being considered by the governments of both Ontario and Quebec. Uh, the the province of Quebec is saying it is the one and only solution to the opioid crisis is complete decriminalization. Which and then these creatures can you don't have to buy it from exactly you can get it from a clean source. And, um. It always happens this week, every month, because it's welfare week, and these monsters are trying to capitalize on as much money out of these welfare checks as they can get. It's, uh, the alternative to that right now is what they're saying is to start staggering welfare days so people get their checks in different weeks, that way not so many of them will be on the same night, which I think. That's, uh, Why yeah. do we have to get to that? Now, now hang on. This brings me yeah, up to actually a thing I did want to discuss as, as quickly that kind of ties in with this. The um, I'm sure you heard about the Dan Force shooter out here, right? Okay, so of course uh, we, we did. About him. I, I, about now, him one of the things that that came up, I've noticed this on social media lately, is that a lot of people have been coming in saying, especially in Ontario, in Canada specifically, they're saying, "Oh, well, like you know," and they're bringing up the whole mental health thing. Oh, it's a mental health issue. It's a mental health thing. This guy had problems that nobody recognized. Mental health issue. No. No, it wasn't. And there's a whole lot of evidence to prove against it. And I'm sick and tired of, I understand mental health is a very hot. But so it's a blood red crescent moon. And it looks really neat. I don't think I've ever seen a crescent blood moon. I haven't either. I'm, that's why I'm just supposed to put my glasses on so I can actually get a, a better look at it. Maybe that's why everyone's in a freaky deaky mood down here in Vancouver tonight. Uh, I don't think the moon has anything to do with that. Um, <laughs> Very yeah, violent. Yeah, looks really cool. Violent today. And yesterday, actually. It's not, this, uh, the whole weekend, a lot of violent people, a lot of confrontational people. I actually had to get into two, <coughs> excuse me, almost fights. Really? Um, yeah, one guy had uh, a socket set that he was trying to sell on Asics. And he had all the individual little sockets laid out on the sidewalk. Now, there's 400 people walking down that sidewalk. I'm trying to avoid them. I didn't notice, and I kicked over his sockets. Uh, he went ballistic, and I very, very humbly apologized. And, uh, and then again, I, I repeated my apology, and he just kept going. Oh, and I said, okay, now you're starting to get on my nerves a little bit. I've apologized twice. I can help you pick them up if you like. And he just wanted to go and go and go. And finally, I kicked them again. <laughs> and he just, uh, <laughs> oh, God, carried away from there. Um, well, that's what, I mean, it's what you get. When, you, when somebody apologizes, especially when a Canadian apologizes, you know they mean it. Yes. You and, know, like, you, you take that apology to heart, you know, because we apologize for everything. Then may I venture forth a novel idea that you shouldn't have your socket set spread out on the sidewalk. It's Hastings Street. It's the busiest street in the city. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but people are very tense right now, and I'm trying to um, do what I can to mitigate it. Uh, something that really put some wind back in my sails. Yes. Our little movement is getting national attention on Twitter. Um, that is amazing. We got a like on Twitter from Norman Spector. If you know who Norman Spector is, probably the biggest name uh, next to Conrad Black in Canadian journalism. Yeah, he's, um, he's huge. That's a big, big name. Broke the uh, Brian Mulroney <laughs> um, corruption story. 
Uh, huge in the government. He worked for Stephen Harper. He's worked for all different levels of government doing different things. And when he's not doing that, he's a giant voice in Canadian media. And he, he liked hashtag easiest thing in the world. Uh, it was presented to him by, I don't even know who now, because Twitter goes so fast it's hard to keep track of sometimes. But someone mentioned it on Twitter, um, and he, like, someone uh, retweeted my tweet, and he saw it and liked it. That's awesome. So Norman Spector gave a thumbs up to the hashtag easiest thing in the world. This thing could really catch on. This yeah. could be a thing that we've, we've begun. Um, and that's how movements start. Look at Movember. That was just two dudes. <laughs> and that's, True, that's, that's all I, I don't know if they get anything up for it but if I could just kick back and somebody these commercials are on TV with like Jimmy Kimmel or something I'm like yeah that was my thing that they stole that's going to be wicked that would be amazing and that's how, that's how Me Too started someone just started piping up on Twitter hashtag Me Too and then uh, Alyssa Milano ran with it and then the whole world did and yeah and that's God the, damn. that's a giant huge the Me Too movement is gigantic and I want ours to be equally as big I think it should be and I think it could be it's like I good. think it I think it should be bigger because it's me too is you know uh, technically limited in the sense because there's you know people it's supposed to be for people who have experienced these sort of things and Corey Feldman this is something that and Corey Feldman this should be for everybody because everybody should be nice everybody could be nice. nice and that's be the nice. thing okay. that's why it's the easiest thing in the world it takes that's no right. effort it takes no. It does take a little bit of self control sometimes, even for myself. <laughs> and the homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we 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 could uh, we could have a, a mayor of the third largest city in Canada could be a big name behind this in a couple of months. That's right. We'll see. Uh, campaign's taking a big boost. I won't waste too much time on it, but this thing it's. Uh, I'm trending big in Vancouver. I'm popular at the moment, and I've got the Portland Hotel Society gave me access to all their uh, media connections and wow. and a, a reference if needed. If the media wants to vet any me before interviewing me or whatever, uh, they will give me a good reference. And, and that's incredible. Uh, so congratulations! That, thank you. That's that's access to the big news agencies, which is going to help a lot. I've also got uh, a staff of volunteers lining up like crazy. I've got people making posters for me now. I've got a lady who <laughs> has offered her time. She's been a campaign manager in the past. Oh, wow. There are some big-name candidates that ran for council, and she's bored and would love to help, and I need a manager desperately. She can't do it full-time. <laughs> Maybe she can help produce the show. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, you know what? I would trust her, too. She's very, very good with everything she does. Um, just an older lady looking for something to do and likes the idea of me running. So this is actually happening. This has gone farther than I ever could have imagined already, and it's a month away from the start of it. It's wow. incredible, and I'm so excited. Uh, I'm working on a bus. Shut uh, up. Are you really? Because a lot of people... In the downtown east side of Vancouver, do not vote because of mobility issues. Even if it's a couple of blocks, that's a hell of a long way if you're in a walker or, or a wheelchair. That couple of blocks could decide whether you vote or not. Uh, well, not this year, because the uh, Mayor Hunt 2018 shuttle bus will be ready to take you to any polling station you want. 
That's amazing. Well done, sir. That is so good. Anyone with mobility issues, or even if you're just damn lazy, (laughs) the hunt boss will get you there to put your check mark next to my name. So uh, any more information you want, I will be posting some campaign decisions that I've made for myself um, at com, And there's an open invitation for anyone, even outside of the city of Vancouver. If you've got some campaign ideas, some things you'd like me to uh, look into a little further, uh, feel free to contact me through the contact page at com, or you can send me an email. MayorHunt2018 at gmail.com. And I'm happy to entertain any uh, ideas anybody has, as long as they're legit. I'm not a sideshow. I'm not a joke. Um, so only serious ideas, please. Although I do appreciate your jokes. A uh, couple <laughs> things that will be coming up that I've noticed. Uh, bicycles on sidewalks need some regulation. We just spent the last nine years putting in bike lanes all over the city, and these people want to ride around the sidewalks like animals. Um, so it's either going to be walk your bike down the sidewalk or we're going to have to put in some sort of regulations there. Uh, bathrooms for customer use will be a thing of the past. Um, use your heads when a person walks in to ask to use your bathroom. Look at the people, figure out if they're the people who should use your bathroom or not. You know, if you live in Vancouver, you know. With, if he's twitchy with bleeding track marks, do not let him use your bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> this is not going to be the city telling you you have to open your bathroom freely to anyone who wants to sit in there and get high for three hours. Uh, just people with Crohn's disease who suffer horribly because of this silly rule aren't going to suffer any longer. That's right. And no more IBS sufferers. They, they, they can also... Um, it's a scam because a lot of places in this neighborhood, I have personally given them a toonie and used their bathroom. It's, it's, you know, being, a, uh, being, you know, I, as I've been getting older, I've found that my bladder doesn't seem to want to, um, well, hold out as long as it used to. No, it's either that or he's being a prick and just waiting until the last minute to tell you. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the two, and it's they, very, very frustrating. Yeah, that they they don't like, longer oh. communicate. They, uh, <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. Yes, and it would be very nice to not have to run behind a dumpster and hope that they're not peeing on somebody's house there. Which I have, embarrassingly enough, been fined for. Because of that situation. I was on the uh, big hill going down uh, Main Street in North Vancouver toward the uh, Park and Tilford Center there. And I just oh, had, down I, I had to go, and I was basically just behind a light post. Like, there was nothing really hiding me. But, and a police officer <laughs> drove by. And, oh, oh, I was so cold sober. I was actually coming home from work at the time. From, uh, oh, and very frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, if you could just use a bathroom. And use Not it. that that would have helped you anywhere, because there's no toilet to use at that stretch. But, you know. No, you know. Not at all. <laughs> it was a pretty uh, fantastic uh, thing, too, because my hands were full. So I was trying to hold my T-shirt up with my teeth. And when the cop pulled up, the T-shirt fell. I wasn't going to reach down and grab it. So I was just standing there filling my T-shirt with piss. <laughs> and uh, a perfect horseshoe-shaped uh, piss ring all down the front of my pants. 
all over my oh. T-shirt and try to convince someone you've not been drinking at that point. Not easy. Not not easy. No, and, uh, no it'd be very difficult. And you you meet your girlfriend at the bottom of the hill, and all of a sudden she doesn't want to go out for dinner anymore. Strange. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, what what Staples calls their Super Tuesday. Was yeah. not very super for me. <laughs> it was a pretty crap Tuesday, to be honest. Uh, terrible. Anyway, it is hell, but terrible. Long story. Went on way too long. Well, I'm going to switch gears real quick away from everything and talk about what's going on in your neck of the woods. Because my favorite guy who just never lets me down on the week of giving out cheap beer to everyone has decided to very quietly close Ontario safe injection sites. That's right. Now, I don't know if you know that this weekend in a London penitentiary, seven inmates died from an OD in one day. <laughs> in a London jail, where drugs are contraband and would never be found. That's right. Seven well, yeah, prisoners died. Get, for the record, um, as far as I've been told, because I do have... I do know people that work in the corrections uh, facility, and uh, it is, and people who've been incarcerated. It is easier to get drugs in jail than it is to get it on the street. I actually have heard people joke about getting sent to jail for that reason. Yes, I'm not surprised in the slightest because uh, it's pretty pretty easy to get drugs on the street, and if it's that easy to get them in jail, that's that's crazy. And for seven inmates to die on the same day. And we're going to turn our backs on safe injections in Ontario. Yeah, I, you uh, guys better all grab a lot of that cheap beer because you're going to end up looking a lot like Vancouver soon at this rate. Yeah, well, Doug Ford still believes that marijuana is the gateway drug, not alcohol. So he's not a smart man. I fully agree with him. That's why I never touched marijuana. I was always scared it was a gateway drug. <laughs> I, so I started with cocaine and dodged that bullet. Yeah, see, I have, <laughs> I have talked to a lot of people about this over the years. I really, really have. And I have yet to ever meet one person who has ever tried any form of drugs where they have tried alcohol first. You're absolutely correct in my estimation. And I have met more people than I can count who have used marijuana as a method of getting off another drug. That is actually becoming very commonplace in a lot of places, uh, uh, certain countries and cities that have legalized it. Uh, namely, uh, Colorado has noticed a huge drop in uh, overdoses. Oh, that's right, too. I heard that. That's right. They've um, it's um, hasn't solved the problem, but is definitely on its way to helping to find a cure for the problem. Uh, because instead of treating everybody, treating it like it's a uh, you know, like like an addiction, they're treating it as a mental form of mental illness, right. and they're actually being able to address it as a proper uh, manner now. So. That's another thing I will do as mayor of Vancouver is I will enact a mandatory retraining session for healthcare professionals in this city. Uh, it's time for them to understand that uh, in intravenous drug users get sick from other things too. Uh, yes. You cannot turn your back on them in an emergency room and say, oh, you're just drug sick, you'll get over it. Uh, no. 
We have to no. start treating these people like people. People get sick. That's what they do. You've chosen as your career to take care of sick people. You can't turn your back on them because they also happen to have a drug problem. It's not fair. It, I've seen so many disgusting uh, uh, cases of this, including uh, one that's quite personal to me that I won't get into, but she's got tuberculosis, for Christ's sake. Yeah, um, come on. Like, that's just, that's just effed up. Like, come on. She could die. In a heartbeat, if her blood yeah. cell count goes weird, uh, it's uh, and uh, come on, they've got a gross problem. Lots of people have worse problems. Yeah, there's a financial lot. problem is much worse than <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and puts me in a lot more dangerous situations uh, uh, that risk my life on a regular basis. Uh, so that's something I just thought I could try to institute. I'll get in touch with the unions and see what I can do about getting the people in Vancouver to be a little more sensitive. Uh, the healthcare workers, that is. Not everybody. And not every healthcare worker. Just all the ones I know. <laughs> uh, anything else, uh, you get in touch with me. Uh, com. Also, it's going slow but sure, but don't hesitate to stop by Is It Just Me? .simdiff.com, uh, the website specifically geared toward this podcast, away from all the usual crap that I talk about uh, that's my own personal crap. This is strictly a website just devoted to this podcast and all things Eric and Gord. Uh, so yeah, check we, it out. we need more people like talking about this and like getting involved with this because uh, we don't we don't get much feedback and It'd be nice to know what people think of us. And, you, you know, it's you funny. Know. Yesterday, I thought I got two new voice messages, but it was just because I had done a reset on my phone. I got the original two again. Uh, it was still uh, just as good. <laughs> but no, Gord's absolutely right. Get involved, people. Get your voice on the air. Get your emails into us. I do check. I check the emails several times a day. So please send them in. It's not just me 6 at gmail.com. Or go to is it just me? .com, and you can leave a comment page right there, and it, I get notifications whenever that happens. So, I'm yeah, trying to know what our listeners talk. think of us. We really uh, want to know. Yeah, I definitely want to know what people think of us. Um, it's not going to change anything. American viewers, our American listeners, I'm like dying to hear from you guys. Yes, like, very. How much are you so. doing? Uh, Put geez. down the pipe and call us and send an email, text something. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of disappointed stoners heading up north thinking that that's where you got to line up for pipes. It's not that kind of pipeline, people. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another uh, injunction handed down, permission to physically remove the so-called cloud camp from Burnaby Mountain uh, was passed this weekend. They're still not moving. Uh, good on I, I applaud your efforts. It's not going to help, but uh, I applaud your efforts. Uh, but they, yeah, the the uh, they got a judge's permission to physically remove that camp now. So hopefully that's the end of the madness. Um, I yeah, don't want so to escalate. They're just going to end up moving to a different site anyway. So that's what the point is. I know William George. William George is actually family of mine. Very proud of him. He's a good young man for what he's doing. He's the most prominent of the protesters up there, if you followed it at all. He's caused uh, quite a bit of economic uh, misery, uh, personally himself, and he's very proud of it. And I'm proud of him for... It was a little bad when his 
the entire family put on Facebook, oh, Will, if only you'd put this effort into getting a job. Uh, <laughs> and that went national. That was, uh, that's not right. That's now a buzz clip on CBC. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny, but it's not right. It's, it's true. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, great, great. Uh, a good fight was fought, and you made your point. It's time to move on now. Um Find a new cause. There's more. There's more battles to be fought in the future. Believe me, they're coming. Uh, <laughs> the NDP is not stopping. And now we've got our federal NDP leader moving to Burnaby because that's the only place he could get a seat. Uh, so we're going to have NDP. If I don't win, we will have the NDP in three different levels of government operating here in our fair city because most of the People running in the mayoral election are either current NDP staffers or former NDP staffers. So, oh, could be a gig- gigantic. Uh, Kennedy Stewart, my number one competition. He's a NDP MP now. He has to resign as MP to to run for mayor. Yeah. Um, Isn't that a step down, or is that still a step up? Uh, it's a matter of perspective, I guess. Uh, if he feels he can affect greater change, uh, being a big fish in a little pond rather than no voice in John Morgan's shadow. Um, <laughs> perhaps uh, it's a better step for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people distancing themselves from the NDP in the coming months. Um, they've made a big push for uh, it to be illegal to give construction jobs to non-union workers. That's going to cause a great divide in this province. That's uh, you. I okay. I I hate what unions have become nowadays. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I say that because where I work, I'm actually a part of a union right now, which is oh wow, frustrating to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're we're unionized. Um, I don't. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing to be able to say, well, you know, hey, it's great because I got job security, but. I just, they, they, they're just there to protect the lazy and the stupid, and that's not right. They shouldn't be there to protect for that. They should be there to protect for those that work hard. And they're there to make a great deal of money. Uh, they're, yeah. They've gotten carried away in Vancouver, I know for a fact, a lot of property dealings. Again, private property dealings that they're blaming on mainland Chinese foreign investors. No, it's the United Steelworkers right in your backyard. Jesus. They own a ton of vacant properties. Why? So they can drive up the ta- the price and make money off them. If they would oh. release these properties to the public, there is no rental crisis. There's a goddamn government crisis. It's time nope. to get the realtors out of there. Uh, sorry, right. I don't mean to keep campaigning, but it's so frustrating when you learn the truth and you realize that you've been bold-faced lied to for the last couple of years. There is no housing crisis being caused by the Chinese. It's being caused by the city and their friends. Yep. Uh, We are rounding the corner to the 27-minute mark, I believe. So did you want to cut short? No, we'll just go until, because I'm uh, I'm expecting a message. So when when the message comes through, that's when I'll... Okay, because I wouldn't mind taking a break. That actually works really well. Uh, So just in case it happens soonish. I did want to switch to a topic very near and dear to my heart. 
Today is National Left-Handed Day. International <laughs> Left-Handed Day. Uh, so happy Left-Handed Day to all you fellow lefties out there. Uh, it's a great day to recognize the 10% of the world's population who happen to be left-handed. Um, I think it's time for us to show some solidarity and really come together and show that we are not going to be kept down by righty. <laughs> Here's a question. My Canada has no place for right supremacy. <laughs> but but we do print prettier. <laughs> we do print prettier. We also die earlier. On average. <laughs> no, I'm talking about righties. Oh, I'm sorry. Right-handed. <laughs> you lefties are sloppy writers. Oh, my writing is angelic. I could write in textbooks with my uh, handwriting. And uh, I'm corrected. <laughs> um, I, I will show you. As a matter of fact, I wanted to. I was going to do a handwritten novel. I thought, how cool would that be? To get a, like, a special edition novel written by your favorite author in his own handwriting? That would be kind of cool. That would be neat, wouldn't it? I always thought about doing it if I ever Ooh. finish my novel. Not a bad idea. Somebody that's going to hear this is going to steal your idea and do it first. Um, you know. Well, it could be. The three-day novel competition is coming up faster than I want it to. I'm grossly unprepared for it, but I am entering. Cool. Uh, that could be the one. Who knows? Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is an international competition. Anyone can enter the three-day novel competition. The rules are you have to write a novel in three days. What uh, as a novel? 48,000 words and more. And 48,000 words. 48,000 or more. Uh, and it has to be all original. You can have a basic outline, but you cannot have anything pre-planned. No, no, no. How is that proven? It's, you're, you're asked to have a witness. It's better to have a witness, but it is on the honor system. They advertise it as if you cheat, you're only cheating yourself. Um, <laughs> Or cheating to get a win and nobody can prove wrong. <laughs> From what I hear, people are fairly... It, it is really... It's like the Iron Man triathlon. It's something you do for yourself. Yeah. Um, this is something I'm very excited to do. It's about three times more than I've ever attempted. Uh, because <laughs> it, it works out... If you do a steady 15,000 words a day, uh, you can do it with a big push at the end. And that is roughly three, uh, three times what I've ever done. So... Uh, so here's a question then, Eric. Could you not say, because yeah, I know they have those programs you can just speak into the program that it the types of words out for you. Would you not be able to say just record one of our podcasts and there's like 150,000 words? Well, I think it has to be. <laughs> I, it has to follow uh, the format of a novel. I, I assume it's uh, like a fictitious story that's linear and has a beginning, a middle, and an end kind of thing. Okay. We have lots of those, but they're very short. We have, uh, we've got a good beginning every night. Yeah. <laughs> Not much of a closer. <laughs> pretty much falls apart from there and usually ends with one of our phone dying or me getting <laughs> trapped on a bus or whatever, however it may end. It, just, it, it ends out of uh, circumstance, not because we've got a concise ending to our show. It's just we talk until we there's some sort of physical limitation why we can't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to do it, I think. And, it's, and even the beginnings, uh, well, now it's finally gotten better, but there are the few where you and I have recorded together where... There's no beginning because uh, it starts without discussing the beginning. 
That's right. <laughs> I can now fix that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard. I do a pretty smooth fix. Oh, yeah. No, you, you did. You fell asleep. Yes. Uh, I, I get to listen to it quite often because for some reason my phone just jumps to that episode for, like, whenever I turn my phone on or whenever it's not doing something else, it likes to play us. Um, cool. Very entertaining. Great episode. I like the. There's a lot of good on there. We got to do more blanching episodes. People really responded to the blanching. <laughs> what a weird thing to get popular with. <laughs> you know, uh, the more I hear actual input about our show, the weirder it is. The things people like, they're never the things I think are going to be gold. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do this. This is going to be great on the podcast. It's never that. It's like the blanching. That's funny. <laughs> I spend all day sweating over a joke, and no, that wasn't funny, but, you know. <laughs> Blanching, that, that, that Anything. <laughs> Some of the things we come up with, it's just, this will be funny, and, and people will laugh. Hey, remember that time you talked about how things weren't funny? That was hilarious. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a side note. Oh, uh, <laughs> and then we're off the, the track again, because I did want to just quickly name a few left-handed people for if there's any lefties feeling... Uh, depressed about who you are, don't. It's it's not the world it once was. Uh, it's okay to be a left man in the white man's world. I said white. You never know when I, I'm a dork and I like to go to chapters, which doesn't exist anymore. It's all Indigo now, but yeah, I love Indigo. I, by the way, very big fan. You could buy movie screenplays there. They have copies of screenplays. But wow. I I don't know why it seems kind of like a pointless thing. But I guess it's neat as a collector's item or whatever. But. Uh, I, I found that the, a really fun game to play with them is uh, uh, pick them up and read all the lines wrong, and uh, it makes them really great. Like, just, just just put punctuation in the wrong spot, and it changes the sentence completely and ruins it, like the, the great Goodwill hunting scene. I got a number. How do you like them apples? You say that differently, and it's not cool at all. I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, that was so stupid. <laughs> hey, I got a number. How do you like them? Apples? <laughs> Hours of fun. Hours. Oh, that is great. <laughs> <laughs> Just take any great line from a movie and fuck with the punctuation. That's fun with the English language right there. See, now this is the thing that when... when Here's your lesson, kids. When you're when you're in school and you're listening punctuation shit in school, this is the reason why it's important to know the difference between these things. <laughs> because you know, if you end every statement with an uptone in your voice, you've turned everything into a fucking question, and it's really frustrating. Right? Because they don't write. <laughs> Am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> It's so fucking annoying. And stop saying, stop starting sentences with I mean. I, that is my number one pet peeve. When, when you start a sentence with I mean, no, we know what you mean because you're fucking saying it. I know you mean it. <laughs> Fuck. Where are you? I'm lost now. You, you've made me stupider and you haven't even started speaking yet. <laughs> kids stop that that's my number one I don't care wear your jeans as low as you want I don't give a shit I think it's funny but stop with that shit and uh well the Izzle thing I always like the Izzle thing because I'm pretty sure that was a joke I'd have to hope so like I think I think 
uh, like Snoop Dogg is sat around with uh, Missy Elliott and uh, I don't know somebody else, Easy E. They all sat around. And they said they they got as high as fuck, and they said, "What do you think we can make these stupid white boys say?" And he goes, "Yo, man, I bet you I say Izzle, and these motherfuckers end every sentence with Izzle." Yeah, <laughs> you, you're never getting anybody. I bet you a million dollars you don't get these kids to say Izzle. And six months later, every stupid white kid wearing Nike, walking around, <laughs> saying Izzle. And the funny thing is, is the only people who ever used the Izzle were the people who didn't act and think they were black as white kids. They wasn't the wasn't the winners walking around saying that. No. It was the parents making fun of it because they thought they were being iconic, <laughs> using uh, proper iconic terminology. It was uh, I think a grand conspiracy on on stupid white kids. Uh, I put it right up there with bottled water as uh, just, uh, hey, what can we make stupid white people do? Yeah. I bet you they're so stupid, they'll pay for water. Fuck you, they won't pay for water. Yeah, you put it in the bottled water shelf and say it's more watery than water and they'll fucking buy it. Don't even say it's more water. Just, just tell us water. It's don't water. Matter. It's water. Uh, now, what? in B.C., water bottle consumption isn't anywhere near the way it is out here in Ontario. Really? Oh, and there's a solid reason. The drinking water in Ontario is fucking disgusting. They pump so many chemicals into the fucking water that it just flat out tastes gross. Really? You can't, you can't drink tap water out here. It's fucking disgusting. My hometown of Milton had the cleanest water in North America for a, for a stretch. Waters came right from this very, very amazing um, 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 uh, water source. It was incredibly tasty. It was, it was water was what it was supposed to be. Kim Kardashian tears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, even those are fake. <laughs> <laughs> Too much silicone. Silicone. <laughs> uh, um, I'm still a kizzle, yizzle. <laughs> My nizzle, bizzle. Fuck oh, Jim, okay. we should bring it back. You know what? I'm going to bring that back. I'm just going to walk around and yizzle the shit out of things now. People are going to think I'm a 40-year-old white guy saying yizzle, and I'm totally going to be hilarious. <laughs> I love bringing back. I brought back dope before dope was, and now dope's cool again. But I brought back dope when dope wasn't cool. And now I've, been, I've been saying that for years myself, because I'm a fan of that. And I also want to bring back rad. I think that's rad. Yeah. I, I want to bring that back because they, shit is rad. Fuck it. Shit is rad. <laughs> I, I said it at work a little while, like a couple of months ago. Before the guy goes, did you just say that was rad? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what the fuck, man? You just showed your age. Is it not rad? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's the same fucking word, asshole. It doesn't make a difference. It's still rad. I'm just saying it faster than you are. I was always... I <laughs> Working at Rona was the worst because I was kind of the cool boss, uh, and everyone was 10 years younger than me, uh, so I wanted to look cool, but I was always a month behind. Always <laughs> yeah. just by a month, and I was the guy trying, like, legitimately trying to be cool, and coming off like an asshole. Because and that's why behind. you can't try to be cool. You I remember money. money. You don't. Do you remember things being money? Oh, <laughs> that's money, man. That's yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a month behind that one. But I like that one. Or everything that's good is bad. Yeah, that was another one I thought, oh, that's bad, man. Um, sick. Sick, I really like. Sick. Um, uh, sick, I really like. I, I'm a big fan of that one. I like that because, again, I was the manager, and if you called in sick, I assumed that meant you were awesome and you are showing up. 
<laughs> and these kids just didn't get it. Man, I'm <laughs> sick. Well, that's great. I'll see you in 10 minutes. Wicked, man. We'll spread that sickness uh, around, yo. Oh, wait. <laughs> You're using sick a different way now that it's convenient for you. <laughs> Damn kids. Get off my lawn. Kids in your language. Get off my lawn, Izzel. <laughs> I hated that Izzel shit. I could not stand that. Uh, oh, man. I thought it was the Slim Dizzle. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've i never been good at slang. Even cool slang I'm not good with. I still use Word a lot. I use Word. And I don't think people use Word when Word was a thing. I'm learning. I I did. <laughs> but I like Word. People look at me funny. Eric, ask me how I'm doing. Hey, how you doing? Word, man, I'm doing awesome. Right? <laughs> that was another thing. We had the Weird Al conversation, I think, uh, last time we talked, or, or uh, relatively recently, anyway. And uh, the beginning of the uh, fat video... Yeah. Where in the bad video, it's the guy using all the slang, and in the fat video, it's just the guy going, ding-dong, man. Go, ding-dong. <laughs> ding-dong. Ding-dong, yo, ding-dong. He's holding a ding-dong. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I actually tried to make ding-dong a, a slang term for a while, and no one would do it. <laughs> hey, dog. Uh, How's it going, man? Oh, yo, ding-dong, yo. Yo, ding-dong. <laughs> I, I, I got five old rolling up on me right now. Ding-dong, yo. Uh, just funny shit, man. Absolutely brilliant. Um, well, I don't know how we even got off on that one, but uh, I'm bringing back Izzle. Dizzle. For shizzle. And uh, I have... Two uh, VPDs trying to stare and, uh, stare me down right now, and uh, these two have been on a mission all night, by the way. And good on, oh, they're driving away. Did not want to talk to me. Well, yeah. that's what I call tactic number one: by a guy in a mask sitting on the side of the street talking to himself. Um, cops, are you, you wearing the mask? What, what, are you wearing like a like a the mask you showed me the picture of? I, I'm not wearing that one because I it was hard to talk. Through, um, and yeah, you can barely hear me. Uh, I'm just wearing a, a regular surgical mask. Oh, see, you look like half the Asian population. There. I do exactly. That's what everyone says. I, I'm supporting my Asian friends in their mask wearing <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> Even the Asians look at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like that's our thing, dude. The, Fucking the, white people. The, you know the way you look at Asians going, "Why are you?" Is that Asians look at me like I shouldn't be wearing this? You don't own the surgical mask. <laughs> Well, I mean, they do. They're the only ones that wear them in public, aside from you. Well, <laughs> I'm wearing this mask not for my benefit. This is strictly for the benefit of the people who have to look at me, because I look like Bane. <laughs> I kind of like my comment about saying, you know, you're, you're the new Deadpool now, you know. <laughs> I, I, I am just like Deadpool, except without the charm and humor. Um, I'm just an ugly man. I I find you quite funny in terms. (laughs) Thank you. What did they find Uh, that was more exciting than me? I'm I'm almost offended. I'm sitting here in a mask talking to myself with a syringe in my hand, and this was not interesting. Is what's going on in that corner? There's something good has got to be going on there. We should go and interview them. Better than this. <laughs> I I don't understand police. Um, 
I have a hard time yeah. getting their attention. Which most people would view as a good thing. Yeah, usually. But I'm starting to get offended. I could probably be stabbing someone, and they would not stop for me. And I'm getting hurt. You know why? White privilege. <laughs> uh, yeah, we full circle that one there. <laughs> I tell you, all my listeners, especially my Ashburn, Virginia listeners, and hey, if any of those kids in Detroit uh, want to listen in again, let me tell you one thing: you want to see white.